Welcome to Real Estate Rewind, the podcast that takes you back to where it all started. Nick Baldwin talks to top producers from all levels and brokerages in real estate about how they built the businesses they have now and achieved success through failure. Now, here's your host, Nick Baldwin. This is Nick Baldwin. Welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Rewind. And every week I sit down with top agents around the country to have conversations about how they overcame obstacles on their way to success. This week I'm sitting down with Carrie Scholl and she is one of America's most successful real estate agents. She's grown her sphere of influence to stages around the world. She's a renowned business coach and mentor and an entrepreneur. Carrie has also started and invested in several other successful businesses, such as Hyperfast Agent, an online collaborative community where agents can get training to become one of the top producing agents in the nation. In 2010, she founded the Carrie Scholl team, immediately making it one of the top real estate teams in the Washington, D.C. area, selling over $4 billion, with a B, in real estate and putting thousands of families in homes. In fact, she was recently ranked the 33 biggest agent in the entire country on Real Trends. And in June, Carrie was presented with the second annual IES Women in Sales Leadership Award. Oh, now I can take a breath. Carrie, that's a pretty impressive resume. And I am humbled and honored that you're on my second podcast, my second podcast. I don't know who I called to get you on the show, but I got to know somebody in high places. So thank you for being here. <laughs> well, you're amazing. Thank you for having me. Um, well, stages I've been on are yours. What's that? I said a lot of the stages I've been on around the country are yours. Oh, that is true. That is true. So you're the person I called. You have been a big supporter of Lab Code Agents and you have been on Lab Code Agents Live stage and the LCA One stage. And you're going to be in LCA in Detroit in September. So that's going to be super awesome. So we're excited. So let's get right into it. So let's just start off with the simple question that I ask everybody. Tell us why you are crazy enough to get into real estate. <laughs> well, I actually got into real estate by accident. So um, my mentor had an opportunity where there was an investor and he had $50 million dollars. And she said, hey, if you leave with me, I was selling new homes at the time, but I wasn't in like the traditional real estate brokerage business, right? If you come with me, I'll give you half of everything. I did the math and it looked pretty good. The guy wanted to also resell all of the inventory in three to five years after he bought it. So he was essentially like a bulk flipper. It was crazy. But three weeks after I got my license and got all settled in at Remax and started looking for these bulk properties, he bought a hotel with that money. And I woke up one day and had no business, no clients, really not a huge sphere of influence in Washington, D.C. and was like, all right, I'm a real estate agent. And I better do this. So that's a good enough reason to get into real estate. Like you're just approached with an amazing opportunity. The guy wants to buy a bunch of homes and have you sell them and then, and then like sell them again. Right. Yeah. So, Hey, listen, if that's not a pipeline, I don't know what is. So that's amazing. So how many sales did you do your first year? Sure. Well, because that opportunity was kind of pulled out from under me, I picked myself back up and I ended up doing 19 transactions for people around the country though, I mean, it was, I had a successful first year, right. but it's not like I was lighting the world on fire. 
Right. Well, I mean, when the average agent's doing three transactions and you're doing 19, it's still, yes, very good, but you need more. Well, my husband did 22 million his first year, right? And I'm like, <laughs> well, wow. I sucked compared to him. I still had a good year, but I mean, I just, I'm a firm believer when people listen to this, here's what I want them to know. You can have the same level of success that I do. It's all about the hacks, the simple tricks. And one of them, congratulations for listening to Nick's podcast right now, is learning from other people's mistakes so that you can grow hyper fast, right? You can compress time on mistakes and just make the right choices sooner. So I applaud the topic in the podcast. It's brilliant. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. I feel like not enough people talk about the failures. You know, they want to talk about how perfect their systems are. And it always seems like everything goes smoothly. And I think that's really discouraging for newer agents or agents who want to get to the next level. Bullshit. What? Oh, it's total smoke and mirrors. I mean, come on. So everyone goes through things. And I think that as you grow and you become huge, you know, the saying, mo money, mo problems. I mean, it's true. The more money, the bigger your business is, the larger your stresses get. So I firmly believe that. So let's talk about your first year, right? So 19 transactions. What kind of systems did you have in place, you know, during that time, if you had any at all, or did you just kind of accidentally well, do I 19 transactions? None, but I remember that I did have top producer. <laughs> okay. Well, that was probably your first mistake. No, I'm kidding. I don't think I ever put anything into top producer, but I, I really made a big investment in that I got top producer. I think it was like 15 bucks a month, right? Yeah. I didn't know how to use it. I didn't learn. So I was really flying by the seat of my pants for sure. My first year, I didn't treat it like a business. I treated it like something I enjoyed doing where I got to connect with people and I love people. So I enjoyed helping them find a house, but in terms of systems and structure, and I didn't do client appreciation. Well, I could tell you a war story about my first year. So my very first client that I ever sold a condo to, they bought another condo for me. They were pretty wealthy. And they, when they finally got a hold of me, they had decided it wasn't enough space and they were going to sell it. And they said, look, we Googled you. We looked for your information like you and they, they own businesses. They were very entrepreneurial. They were like, look, we loved you, but anyone else like would never take as long. It took us over a month and a half of when we wanted to sell our condo for us to find you. And finally they called Remax International because I hadn't followed up. They were waiting for me to like follow up so that they could get back in touch with me. They've lost my business card. They were Googling me under the wrong name. They finally called Remax International and they found me. So talk about stupidity. I didn't have any systems to stay in touch with my clients. From those clients in my second year, I sold that condo and I, my highest price home sell my second year, I helped their daughter buy a $1.2 million house. Wow. I would have they lost all of that business just from being novice and not knowing to stay in touch. So they hunted you down. That probably taught you a really important lesson about, your, about keeping in touch. Well, and when your client, they were joking around with me, they were like, you know, the BMW you're driving? I'm like, yeah. They said, well, our family paid for it and we almost didn't because we couldn't find you. Like you need to learn this lesson now. So they taught me Seriously. this that in my career. Talk about embarrassing. That is amazing. Wow. So you obviously increased your online presence because they couldn't find you anywhere. And you probably doubled down on being really purposeful about keeping in touch with people, which we all seem to fail. We fail on those two things. We all fail on those two things. Yes. So, you know, you know another huge lesson I learned? 
So for anyone who's getting into the business, this is a good one. I learned that I absolutely sucked at transitioning from my job before, like I was selling new homes. So I had entire buildings of people that knew, like, and trusted me. And in the beginning of my real estate career, that's where I should have went first, but I didn't. I could have grown so much faster if I went back to those relationships and those communities where I sold new homes or I sold new condos. But I don't know whether it was fear, whether it was like I didn't know how to market to them and I didn't get the right advice. I started out, you know, I had I had uh, a brokerage where my broker was in the hospital for two years. So I just didn't wow. have training, didn't have a mentor. I didn't have any of that. And I made so many mistakes. It's catastrophic when I look back on what could have happened. You had a broker who was in the hospital. That's incredible. Okay, so not only, I mean, you essentially had to just figure this stuff out for yourself. But 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 later on, you know, one of the things I admire about you is that you're super purposeful about surrounding yourself with higher level higher level people. And I think that that's one of the things that so many agents don't understand the power of, right? Yes. They, they, so, many have, so many have the, the idea of I can do this myself. So, so bef- but before I get more into that, I want to talk about, okay, so why did you decide to start your own brokerage? And, you know, what were some challenges as you were growing that hiring challenges? Let's talk about that. I know that you recently made a bad hire, right? Someone who was doing your media or your or your or your videos because you have Are a media. You referencing the person I fired on Facebook. I'm referencing. Well, you she didn't you didn't fire her on Facebook, but you went to Facebook telling the story, and I know that you had some people who gave you some pushback on that, I right? Did, I did. That's why I said it as a joke. But um, no, but I think yeah. I mean, t- let's talk about as you're growing your team and brokerage, how how important it is to make the right hires and how it can cost you a lot of money if you make the wrong ones. So if we, if we rewind all the way back to my first hire, here's what I will say. I at first wanted to be everyone's friend, like too much. I was afraid because I'm, I'm a person who loves connection and I love people. If you've ever been to a real estate conference with me, you know this about me, right? And so I brought this desire to be really good friends into my team and I hired a lot of my friends and I'll never forget This was within, so I got in the business in 2008. In 2010, I hired my first assistant. And then I very shortly thereafter hired three ISAs and a buyer agent. I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, let's do this. My weakness is calling. I'm going to compensate for it and I'm going to scale, right? And and that inspiration came from live events, which you know, because Mm -hmm. I'm not in front of other people who had built these tremendous businesses and suddenly I had a vision of what I wanted to create. But ultimately, the lesson is, for me, I wasn't holding people accountable. And I remember I walked into the office and financially starting a team and trying to grow it. Of course, it was a lot of money on the line. And one day I walked into my office and... One of my ISAs and my buyer agent had their feet up and they were watching television on their laptop. (laughs) And I remember thinking like, wow, I'm being so taken advantage of. Like they think it's okay to sit here. They were both wrapped in blankets and they were like eating popcorn, watching a movie. So they weren't making calls. Like uh, I was just horrified because I was paying them salaries, right? I'm like, how can this be happening? And they were close friends of mine. And so at that moment, you know, I made a mistake 
because I hadn't set the relationship up correctly because I was trying to be everybody's friends. So in that moment, I may have overreacted, but I said, I am going to walk back out that door. And when I walk back in, it better be very different in here. You have three minutes. And I walked out the door and then I came back in and it was almost like I came back in the door as a new person because what I realized was to really be the business leader that I wanted to be, I couldn't set it up so people thought that was okay, right? And that's translated in my leadership style. Like yesterday, I just told Nick this uh, before we got started, I was up till 1230 making jello shots for my team. So I'm still friendly with them and they're still my friends and I deeply want to change their lives, but they know very well that there's a line and that I'm the leader and they need to step up and play hard for me or they're not going to be on the team. Well, uh, we just learned Carrie's value proposition for her agents. She makes you jello shots. So where can I sign up? That's how how I've grown such a big team. They're like, man, she really steps up and make us jello shots. We're going to get to the nitty gritty. And that's, that's really the secret is jello shots. But that's awesome because you, you, you're big on, on appreciating your agents and everybody should be, but what you just talked about was a great lesson. So you hired some friends of yours and you underestimated, um, you know, the level of respect, or maybe you didn't set the expectations or the standards. And and we've all done that. I mean, I've 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 had I've had a couple teams and and a few hires where, you know, they're not hitting their goals or they're not working hard enough. And 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 I have to think to myself, okay, did I set these expectations high enough? Right? And maybe it's not clear to them, you know. So we have to look into into ourselves as well, like. Maybe they're, maybe they got a feeling like they could do that. Right. And then you were like, hold on a second. I have to just kind of retool this. Right. Because that's not going to fly. So that's huge. I was making the mistake as the leader. I don't think that I was getting to the heart of their purpose and their why, and then translating the effort that needed to be made to have them accomplish their own goals. Right. It was in the beginning, like, oh, I just want to grow this team, but I wasn't doing a good enough job dialing into what really motivated them and what would propel them forward to do the hard things that sometimes we don't want to do. True, for sure. That's 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 some real talk right there, Carrie. Hey, uh, I want to talk to you uh, about two more things real quick because I, I, I know you got to run. But the 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 one thing I want to talk, one of the two things I want to talk about is how you made a very purposeful decision to surround yourself with higher level people because you had goals for your business. Like, you know, one of the things that you talk about on stage a lot is being the digital mayor of your town. And so you decided to get involved and surround yourself with people like Gary Vaynerchuk. And, you know, he tells you, you got to be a media company. So what's that look like in your business? Because I know you have a media department. So what's that look like in your business? And and where are some, what are some things that you're learning along the way on how to make that better? What are some, what are some bad choices you made? Maybe you made a bad video or something along those lines. What can we, what can you tell us about that? Sure. Well, two of my mentors, Gary Vanderchuk and Billy Jean, Billy always says, don't be boring. I think he mm-hmm. also the F word and he calls it B O F. Don't be B O F. Boring as. Yeah. Boring as. Mm. Yeah. So I think a lot of times when I started out in video, it was me just talking to the camera, 
and what I was saying wasn't really that compelling and I was showing houses and it was scattered. And if you want to see some really bad video, go back and look at the early days of me doing video. If you fast forward to today, my advice to somebody trying to grow a team is first you want to be in the room with people who have huge teams, right? So I wouldn't recommend to somebody who's at the very beginning of their career, sometimes interfacing with people like Billy, with Grant Cardone, with some of the mentors that I have today. I wouldn't have been able to afford to do that. So I don't want you guys to go write a huge check to get in the room with Billie Jean tomorrow. That's not what I'm suggesting, unless that's your path forward and you know your passion is the digital mayor approach. What I would suggest is you go surround yourself with people who have grown huge teams and you hack their knowledge because you're still at the point where you're trying to figure out your path and how you're going to set things up. And the decisions that you're making in the beginning of making of of growing your team are going to change the trajectory. So a small mistake in the beginning, and I'll give you an example, how you set up the commission splits, right? Mm -hmm. There are people out there that make huge mistakes and they they think, oh, I want to be generous, right? So maybe they set up the split. So let's just imagine they do like 75-25. Okay. Right. And all well, your business, you know, 75, 25. Well, ultimately you grow to a certain point and then you need to hire people to support the growth and you can't afford it. So you go out of business. So that's why I believe there are so few really strong teams in our country that are profitable because those little mistakes in the beginning fast forward are huge. So one advice is don't listen to anyone without understanding their financial situation. Right. If somebody's telling you build your team this way, oh yeah, do seventy five twenty five. Okay, would you net last year? Right. You need to know that if you're going to follow a model. So do not hire a coach or a mentor without understanding that. Huge piece of advice. Then the other thing with the digital mayor strategy, I believe just innately, people are not always looking to buy or sell a home. We all have that common belief. We know that. That's a fact. Right. But. They're all interested in what's going on in their town. So when Gary told me, hey, you need to do this digital mayor of your town strategy, ultimately his point was catch people where they are. If they're not looking to buy or sell a home, you can still build a relationship with them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, with that philosophy in mind, we go to restaurants. Actually, I have an entire team. We are doing a competition right now. So there's a team of my agents, my marketing people, everything. We divided them up. And they're going out and beating the streets and they each got assigned a different metro stop and they're creating micro content around that stop. They're interviewing restaurant owners. They're going to tour condos, apartment buildings. They're getting tours of. They're getting it all on video and we're weaving it together into a really cool story about that metro stop. Mm-hmm. So we'll share that with everyone at LCA when we, when we get it. That's super awesome. That's super awesome. Um, so I know one last question. I know you have a lot of systems in your business and you leverage a lot of technology and you leverage a lot of people, right? What do you think, what was the most important hire that you made or one of the most effective systems that you've implemented that really kind of changed everything for you or changed a lot for you? Sure. Well, I knew up front for myself that the inside sales agent, which is just essentially the face of our company, they're the, they're the people that are doing all of the new, all of the calls that are coming into the business, they're responding to. All of the online leads they're responding to, and then they're nurturing the leads that have been in our system. So for me, um, 
I had a slightly different approach to how I managed my inside sales team. Once I'd been at it for a little while, I realized that they were feeling disempowered because I, as the leader, was dictating who got the lead. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what I realized in that one of my top people said, it's not fair. And whenever I hear it's not fair, I usually think victim, like it's trigger for me. I'm like, oh, come on, get over yourself. Don't, don't say it's not fair. Figure out how can you shift it. Right. But in this particular case, I heard him out and I realized he had a point. And so I, I changed the system from that moment. And I said, listen, the outside salespeople, I need to shift the power dynamic. The inside sales team, they are not the assistants of the outside sales team. In fact, they're the leaders of my organization and they needed to be treated with that respect because they're the ones that are grinding out on the phone to be the heartbeat of our business. Without them, we wouldn't have the appointments we need for the OSAs. So when I talk to team leaders around the country, I've never talked to anyone else that has changed the power dynamic. And the way I did it, I gave the inside sales team the ability to cut anyone off from leads that they felt didn't deserve them because they weren't putting their notes in the system. They weren't doing follow-up fast enough. They weren't closing. So suddenly they were empowered because they controlled their destiny. They controlled their income. And suddenly my outside sales team was like, pouring into them and trying to prove to them they deserved it. So they're the gatekeeper of the leads in a sense, but, and then that gives them this greater purpose and the leads are going to the agents who are productive, you know, and they're, and they're closing deals. And so you got to be that person It gives, I see it as something to strive for. You know, I see it as a goal for an agent who isn't at that level to get to that level and to just give all that they can. And so uh, you know, I just want everyone listening, like Carrie's system, you know, if you're thinking about joining a team or a brokerage and you're like split, split, splits, you know, I don't want to pay that much. Carrie has agents on her team. One of her agents did like 40 million, right? Or didn't, didn't she do like 60 million this year? She's one of her agents, 60 million. So Carrie's on track to do like a thousand units and how much in volume this year? We'll do over a half billion. Okay. So one of them will do Four, 60 million of that. And I don't know about you, but at that point, splits don't even matter. You know well, what I mean? So here's what's crazy. Get this. We just did the research. That agent will make more money net take home than any other agent in our market. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I, 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 I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like moving to join your team right now. Our goal um, is to have five. Five people who make more than any other agent. That's our goal. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, Carrie, listen, this is awesome. So many nuggets. And I hope everyone got as much. Uh, I have to, every time I talk to Carrie, I feel like I just got coached for free. So, uh, so uh, I hope you guys feel like that too. Real quick before you go, where can they reach you if they have any questions, they want to get in touch with you, they want to see you speaking? What are, what's the websites and email addresses they can find you at? Okay, cool. So the first thing, you guys absolutely need to come to Detroit. We're going to have a blast. Happy hour is always fun. We learn a ton. I, I always leave those events having action items and ready to execute in my business. So I highly recommend you guys come to Detroit. And For then, LCA, LCA 1 on September 16th. Yes. And then the other place to reach me is Instagram. I'm getting into the gram. I'm learning how to do it. So getting into the gram and tell them about Hyperfast Agent. How can they go? Maybe they want to sign up for your class. Absolutely. So we have an academy, Hyperfast Academy. 
hyperfastagent.com uh, and hyperfastagent, which you see right here. Hyper. Well, they can't see because it's audio, but I can see. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, where it's going to only be audio. You can put it in. The, but I'm going to put it in the note in the show notes. Hyperfastagent.com. It's a yep. class all about how Carrie and her husband, Dan, train their agents and it's priceless. We have a digital mayor of your town course too. So if you're interested in the digital strategy, definitely check that out. In fact, I'll even get Nick a discount code. So if you're listening oh. here today, you can jump on and we'll give it to you guys for 50% off for being awesome. As long as you guys like his podcast and make a comment about how good he is, give a testimonial. You're awesome. So that's fantastic. And, and I was just going to say, listen, if you liked what you heard and you're listening on, on iTunes, on Spotify, on any other platform for podcasts, subscribe, share, download, and leave a comment, leave a review, and uh, we'll get you that code to, uh, to get Carrie's Hyperfast uh, agent course at 50% off, which is kind of incredible. Well, Carrie, I know that you are very busy. You have three kids, and you run a big, massive brokerage, and you have to go interview somebody now. So I'm going to let you go but I am super appreciative of you joining us on my second episode. And it surprisingly went well because it's my second episode. So, you know, we're still getting into the groove. Oh, well, stop it. Carrie said I'm crushing it and it's fine. You know, I, listen, Carrie, listen, I don't, you can flatter me. Call me later and flatter. I appreciate it. Have an awesome day and I appreciate you being here. Till next time, everybody. See you next time on Real Estate Rewind. Hope you liked this week's show. Feel free to share it with anyone looking to improve their career and their bottom line as a real estate agent. And don't forget to subscribe so you'll know when new episodes are posted. Real Estate Rewind with Nick Baldwin. Real Estate Unwound.